The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. Co-leader of the Social Democrats, Roisin Shortall, who is um, attending the first party conference that they will have had in person since 2019. And she joins us on the programme this morning. Roisin Shortall, you're very welcome. Thanks, Anton. First one since 2019, actually physically in person. I assume you are looking forward to it. Oh, absolutely. And we actually started last night. So there was fantastic excitement around, I think. Just it was the first time out at an event, I think, for a lot of people. And just so great to meet up with other party members and make old, you know, meet old friends and make new ones and that. So great excitement. And people like people in the party, like everybody else, are just sick and tired of uh, Zoom meetings. So it was really good to be in the same room together. And I assume cause for celebration, given that a poll has just declared you to be the second largest party of the left. Uh, well, yes, <laughs> uh, that's encouraging. All right. I mean, we're pretty happy with the way we're doing poll wise. Polls aren't that accurate for small parties, but we're certainly holding our own. We've improved our position since the election in 2020. And uh, our concentration is very much now on building the party. We we only started in 2015, as you know, so we're only about seven years old. So in political party terms, that's very, very young. But, you know, with the last election, we went from two to six seats. In the local elections, we went from just a handful of councillors to 19 councillors. So we've, we've trebled our representation in both of those elections and our aim is to do the same now going forward in future elections. And to what extent do you feel a need to build the left as well as to build a party? Because what we've seen in the last 10 years has been that significant shift from the civil war politics of effectively centre-right versus centre-right to a right-left split in which you are now one of the main players. So are you beginning to look at what possible partners you might have under a left rainbow? Well, certainly, like things have shifted very substantially in recent years on the political scene, and uh, it is quite extraordinary that the two civil war parties, which between them have held power for a hundred years, are now kind of in a minority situation overall in terms, you know, in taking in uh, all political parties and, and uh, performance there. Um, so, I mean, it's hard to know what the options would be in the next election. We certainly would very much like to see a left-leaning government. We haven't had one of those um, at all since the foundation of the state. And uh, I would have to say that there's a high level of cooperation across the opposition, most of the opposition parties. But from our point of view, I mean, we're going to do what we did in the last election, and that is not tie ourselves in to any other party. Um, we'll review the situation after the election. Who knows what it's going to be like when the election takes place? And that could be any time up to two and a half years forward. Um, So we'll look at the situation after the election and uh, basically our aim will be to, we're very keen to participate in government, but our aim will be to find a situation where we can have the greatest influence. But would you be happy to be a junior party? party. Would you be happy to be a junior party in a Sinn Féin-led government? Well, we wouldn't rule anybody out. Um, do you know what I mean? Say <laughs> our overriding aim will be to maximise the influence that we can have in any future government. So our concentration now is on building the party, and the more TDs we have, the the better the vote we get, the more influence we'll have in any future government, whatever that hue is, you know, and whatever the makeup of it is. So that's our aim now to build the party, make it as strong as possible, and then you know after the election 
even when we know the relative strengths of different parties, we'll talk to other party groups and um, we, we'll you know, see where there is a compatibility in terms of policy and we'll see where we can have the greatest influence. Because and and what, about the thing that gets, we're, we're, sorry, Roshan, what about the thing that gets asked a lot about the possibility of a merger with the Labour Party? Is that on any aspect of your agenda? It's not. No, it's not really. We're a new party and I suppose we're not defined by any, you know, um, old politics really. Um, And we're very much a party of the future. We're uh, a party that has a lot of young people involved. And while we have... Are you you listing these things as contrast with Labour? Well, yeah, I mean, the opinion polls would certainly show that, that um, the Social Democrats would be a lot more attractive to younger voters in particular. Um, and uh, we think that's a very good thing. Like, it's, it brings great energy to the party. And can and I ask in policy is, terms, is, very much about the future. is some of that due to um, the kind of populist policy that would be difficult to deliver if you had all of the constraints that go with governing? Because one of the, the, the suggestions that has been made by the Social Democrats recently is a €300 Euro payment to everybody earning less than €50,000. That sounds great and is popular, is it practical and does it make a difference? I think it's absolutely practical. I mean, if you want to talk about the here and now, like clearly people are facing massive difficulties because of the soaring cost of living. And in addition to that, like, as you know, the, um, inflation is at 7.8% at the moment, a 38-year high. And in addition to that, many families are facing uh, huge increases uh, in terms of their mortgage repayments that will be coming down the tracks over the, re- over the coming months. So there's a lot of families that are really, really struggling. It's really hard for them to keep their head above water. Um, and like that affects families right across the board. But for people on low and middle incomes, it is a huge struggle just to get by. But and are these kind of, of payments, are they, are they not the, a, a blunt instrument that does more for popularity than it does for the people? If I'm on €50,000 and I'm a single individual who doesn't have to pay rent, living in a home that I may own and not having to commute... I may not be half as much as in need as somebody who's paying rent, who has dependents, who is trying to travel and pay fuel bills all of the time. So why should we both get equal payments? So all of the advice is that we need to target uh, any supports. And that's what the government hasn't been doing. It's been more a scattergun approach. So we are talking about targeting and we're talking about assisting people who are earning under €50,000. Now, there will always be exceptions. There will always be people who are living with their parents who uh, don't have the same overheads. But I don't think it's possible to be that prescriptive or that targeted. Basically, the vast majority of people who are earning under 50,000 are having a difficult time surviving, uh, paying the normal bills, uh, rent, whether that's rent or mortgage repayments, paying for commuting, you know, childcare, um, all of those expenses that people uh, face every day. So that's one of our proposals as an immediate uh, emergency budget. We're saying that, you know, people are finding it such a struggle that we can't wait until October for the government's regular budget. And there is a need for an intervention now at this point. Well, on the topic of the government's regular budget, what do you make of the uh, of Pascal Donoghue saying that when that budget does come, it won't, as the Irish Examiner puts it, focus on the cost of living? 
Well, it has to focus on the the underlying uh, reasons why people are finding life so difficult at the moment, and that is the high cost of living, um, obviously driven by housing in particular, whether people are renting or buying. That is the number one uh, reason why people have so little disposable income. But then all of the other services that in the main people have to pay for, unlike a lot of other European countries. So things like healthcare. Um, you know, we're very much an outlier when it comes to healthcare. We don't have a universal healthcare system that the vast majority of people of people are happy to use. Indeed, and, and you and I have package. spoken about the progression of of slanted care only Absolutely. a number of days ago. Can, can I go back to the issue of housing? Every other country in Europe, they have that equally in relation to childcare. Indeed, but know, I, I just want to talk to you briefly about housing food. because I wanted to discuss the plans yeah. for the vacant homes tax that you are suggesting. Yeah. What what exactly would that consist of? Were you able to implement it? Okay, so it's estimated that, well, some, some, the CSO estimates about 180,000 uh, vacant homes right around the country. We've gone with a conservative figure, which has been used by some other agencies, and that's that there are at least 90,000 houses which are lying vacant for a number of different reasons. And certainly at election time, going door to door, you see that very clearly. Very often it might be because the owner of the house is gone into a nursing home and the house is lying idle or people have gone abroad or, you know, there's lots and lots of different reasons. There might be family row about an inheritance or something like that. But we're saying that taking that conservative figure, €90,000, if we introduced a tax uh, on vacant homes, that that would be the fastest way of bringing a substantial number of homes into use very quickly. Is there any downside risk, if you take the examples that you cite there, that you might end up penalising people who are in extremely difficult situations? Take, for example, the the nursing home situation. You have an elderly relative who you are trying to arrange care for. Suddenly you're now burdened with taxation on their home or you're in a probate spat and suddenly now you're burdened with taxation. Well, on that particular issue, I mean, I've long been campaigning for the rules to be changed on the fair deal scheme because the way it operates at the moment, if you were to take in, you know, or if you were to take in, if you were to let a house where a person has gone into a, a nursing home, um, you lose euro for euro in terms of the, the, the fair deal uh, support that you get. And that doesn't make any sense at all on the bigger uh, picture. Uh, and equally, if you sell the house, then immediately you lose the support from Fair Deal. So there is a halfway house there. And the Minister, Mary, Mary Butler, has been looking at this for the last couple of years, but there's been no progress made at all. So that's a very specific situation where by tweaking the rules around uh, the Fair Deal scheme, you could bring those houses into use. Um, and like that makes no sense at all, and it's absolutely infuriating to see very good houses in the main in pretty good condition, just lying idle. And you know the government have talked about uh, vacant homes tax, and they've done little or nothing about it. And of course, and equally they, they've indeed, talked about a, a vacant site tax. Indeed, part of the reason, of course, that we're, we're discussing this is it's one of the topics up for discussion at the uh, conference this weekend. And you are this afternoon going to be giving the I was going to say the leader's address, but of course, in the case of the Social Democrats, it is the co-leader's address. Any nerves? Uh, Yes, um, there are some nerves, all right, because this is actually the first time that we've qualified for television coverage of the party leader's address. 
um, you know, it's the first in-person conference, as we were saying there, since COVID. But that's also since uh, we got six TDs elected. And that qualifies us then to have, you know, full television coverage. So that's going out at five o'clock today. Unfortunately, it's clashing with the match, but uh, you have to put up with these things. And um, we've prepared for it. I think we have a good speech ready to, to deliver and a very enthusiastic audience. So I'm looking forward to it. Well, best of luck with it, Roisin. Thank you very much for coming on the show this morning. That is Roisin Shortall, TD, who is, of course, co-leader of the Social Democrats and TD for uh, Dublin Northwest. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday morning at nine on News Talk.